What's up, y'all? It's B. Dennis back again with a real edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. The last episode was done literally on the fly, and I felt like I just had to get a show out, so I rushed everything out. And I'm like, look, that show was all the way all bad, and I didn't like how it came out. But since I felt like I had to get a show out to you guys, I just put out whatever. That's not going to happen again, because I literally got all my notes together, and with the game I just watched, this is going to be a good show. This is a lot more shit to talk about, a lot more stuff to cover. But before we do that, please follow me, DB Dangerous, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, follow me, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the podcast, on Facebook and on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. Let's get right into it. So, last night, the Bulls played the Clippers, also known as the fucking Rent Pairs. And the humility was real because the Bulls lost that game. Ashley Beverly got a turnaround shot on him from Russell Westbrook, and he did the rockabye taunt. It's always all, all funny, fun and games until the same shit is done to you. But then tonight, the Lakers traveled to the United Center to play the Bulls once more. In this game, 121 to 110 in a Lakers win. We had AD with a 38, 10, and 4 night off a 65% field goal shooting. We had Nico on the Bulls side with a 29, 12, and 6 night off a 75% field goals. We had Latoit with 25, 7, and 4 off a 53% field goals. Then you got DeRozan with 22. We'll see. 22 points, and Zach had 16. And Austin Reeves had 19 points, and D'Lo had 17. And the best part about this game was when AD made a three-pointer, Austin Reeves did the two short right back in the fucking face of Patrick Beverly. And speaking of Ashley Beverly, let's talk about his numbers, shall we? He finished with zero points, 0-5 for field goals, and 0-5 for three-pointers. And he talks so much shit about kicking the Lakers out of the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Bulls' record is 36-39, and and they're 10th in the East. The Lakers are back up to 500, and they are 38, I'm sorry, 37-38, and in their ninth place. In the West. You want to talk about kicking the Lakers out of the playoffs. You better fucking make sure that the Bulls make the damn playoffs the way you talking. Hell. Ah. Damn. While the Bulls are on their two game losing streak. Your new team. We're trying to kick the Lakers out of the damn playoffs. And the revenge is absolutely sweet. And I was ready for this. I'm like you know what. With certain pieces coming back, I think Dilo was out the last game. With certain pieces back in the game, the tide is going to change. And I was right. Now, we are even. The Bulls won the Lakers court. The Bulls came and won. I'm sorry, the Lakers came and won in the United Center. So they are absolutely fucking even.
And on that note, let's move on to something else. Because I could go in about this all damn night if I wanted to, but no. We're not going to do that. So we have Caitlin Clark. She recorded 40, 41 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists over in the Louisville game. And while she can ball her ass off, I'll never discredit anybody, any woman's game. Especially if you play basketball. I'm not going to fucking say, oh, she's like, she ain't that good, blah, blah, blah. And there are people saying that she's the greatest women's basketball player ever. And she's the only player with 900 points and 300 assists, which is an impressive feat. I'm not even going to shit on it, for real, for real. But it's a stretch saying that she's the best female basketball player ever when she's just in college. It's, I wouldn't say that it's easy to put up those numbers, like, but it's more doable to do it in college versus the pros. You know, like, let her get to a certain level of her career where she can play against the best in the WNBA and she can flourish in that environment. And I already know why they're hyping her up so much. And we know that reason is the whole great white hope thing. You see a white basketball player do certain things, and certain people just go absolutely bananas over it. And I'm like, so she's the greatest women's basketball player ever. I think that Cheryl Miller, Cheryl Swoops, Lisa Leslie, and Cynthia Cooper, and Miss Miss Nancy Liberman would have something to say about that. Because these ladies were my role models growing up. You know what I'm saying? So, just pump your brakes for a minute. What she's doing is impressive, okay? I'm not going to lie about that. But to say that, was she still... I don't even think she's a damn junior in college yet. To say that is like, yo, just don't. Just fucking don't. Because the college and the pros are two different things. And anything can happen when you're in the pros. Like, certain things that you didn't see coming can actually happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not wishing anything bad on her. But I'm just saying. Give her game a chance to develop fully before you call her the greatest anything. You know what I'm saying? But speaking of women basketball players, we got Angel Bayou Barbie Reese on LSU. These numbers were absolutely ridiculous. She put up. 76 points, 51 rebounds, 12 blocks, and 7 steals. She is the only Division I player, only player in Division I history, WNBA and the NBA, to record those numbers. That shit is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Because she is one of those special talents. I'm not going to call her the greatest ever, okay? That's what I'm not going to do. But to see what she's doing and the way she's doing it, it's pretty fucking impressive. And people always tell, excuse me, the black athletes to be humble. But in the same token, when the white players do it, they're just bawling their hearts out. We already know what that's about, and it's a dumbass double standard. So it's like, why should she have to humble herself when she knows her skills and she knows her talent? 
why should she have to be humble when she knows she can play basketball and do it to the absolute best of her abilities? Like, you can't help the way you play basketball if you practice hard enough and work your ass off at it. So why should she have to hold back because of what other people think? To me, that's just absolute fucking bullshit. It really is. Because if you're a basketball player or any athlete for that matter, you are going to want to show the best that you have to fucking offer and not worry about what anybody else thinks. Okay? So, let that girl play her game. Because I know that when Kayla Clark and Angel Reese come out of college, they're going to be the most sought-after prospects out of college. Because I think Caitlin Clark is in Iowa, I believe. Because I already know that the women's tourney has been better than the men's tourney. I know that. Because I'm trying to get into college sports. I keep saying this. I'm trying to get more into college sports so I have more stuff to talk about and more stuff to cover. And it's interesting to definitely see these two ladies go at it. And I'm not sure who plays who next, but I just had to to give a shout-out to these ladies because doing this in a male-dominated sport is nothing short of incredible to me. So, big ups to you both. Also, it is WrestleMania week. Yes, it is. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's kind of dry. Because at this point, I'm just ready for WrestleMania. And it was literally this Saturday for the next two days, and it's going to be in L.A. I got a chance to watch WrestleMania last year at home because it was my first year having my Roku here. And, of course, I had a good time. It's WrestleMania, you know what I'm saying? And it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Because I got to watch SmackDown this week. Because the SmackDowns before WrestleMania are always lit, and the SmackDowns after WrestleMania are lit. Same for Raw. But with this being WrestleMania season, things are going to be more tense. You know what I mean? Because this is the granddaddy of them all. Any wrestling fan knows that. So we're ready to get it on. We're ready to watch WrestleMania. We're ready to cheer for our faves. And I pray they come with some surprises this year. Because there were some last year. But it's like, dude, it's WrestleMania. This is the time when you show your ass. This is the time when you show your entire ass. And give the real fans what they want and remind them why they fell in love with the product in the first place. Also, I want to talk about some AEW stuff. So, John Moxley came out and said that AEW has a lot of childish bullshit going on behind the scenes. And I'm like, ugh, God. It's always some sort of politics, no matter what company you're in. It's politics in WWE. It's politics and New Japan Pro Wrestling, the indie circuit, and pretty much all wrestling companies have some sort of politics in some way, shape, or form. But the way he was talking, it gives me shades of WCW. Because the inmates ran that asylum, literally always ran the asylum, regardless if they were making money hand over fist, if it was the early 90s, if it was in their heyday in the mid to late 90s, you know what I mean? Like, it was always some bullshit coming out of WCW, whether it was piss-poor storylines, you had um, talent doing whatever, doing whatever they wanted to and not letting go of their spots, 
like bad ratings, dumbass matches. Like it was so much stuff that put together WCW's downfall. Like it doesn't make any sense. And AEW is a good product. Like I'm not gonna talk talk bad on it because they absolutely have good talent. Could the wrestling be a little bit more polished? Of course it could. But I definitely like what they're doing in AEW. And whatever conflicts they have, I hope that they find some way to get through it and just make sure that they can put on the best wrestling shows as they possibly can. Because nobody likes childish bullshit in the workplace. Like, you graduated high school years ago. You don't want to go back in your adult years. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, God. I hope that this doesn't kind of lead to the downfall of AEW, especially after how hard they work to get there. You know what I'm saying? Because Impact, if Impact can survive all the bullshit they went through and still be standing as a company today, AEW can do the same thing. Because it's always refreshing to have an alternative from WWE. Because WWE was the only game in town. It was a weird time period. Oh, shit. Speaking of... The fucking merging of the companies. Anniversary was, let's see, what day is it? It's the 29th, okay. On the 26th, in 2001, Vince McMahon bought WCW. And that was a historic moment. Like, I'm thinking it's just a rumor. And I remember sitting my ass at home, flipping back and forth between the channels. Between TNT and USA. What Was it on USA at that time? 2001, yeah. Yep, it was on TNN at that time. So you can imagine how fucking hyped I was. I'm like, man, what the fuck is happening here? Like, and the the most ironic thing is, some monumental moments in wrestling happened in Cleveland that year. When Vince bought the company, they were in the Gund Arena, and they were also in the same arena to get the um, Invasion pay-per-view out. So Cleveland had some damn good moments in wrestling that year alone and just remembering how everything played out like if anybody was around back then because I was like 11 11 years old when that took place and I'm like man this is crazy and the the big stars that were WW the big stars that were WCW depending on who you were you got to have a long career and a solid career but then there were some like Scott Steiner, DDP, um, Sean O'Hare, like talents like that, they could have done a lot more with. And I expected more. Like they did a little bit with a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't really go all in the way they did for Booker or Goldberg or Ray or Eddie, you know what I'm saying? Like that. You know what I'm saying? So I miss those battles. I really do. But anyway, anyway, AEW, if Impact can survive the dumb shit that they went through, so can you guys. Just keep your heads, focus on wrestling, and focus on what you have to do first over the bullshit, and I promise things will get easier. And on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here, because I know I've talked long enough, and I had to get a real show out versus that little bitty bullshit I did in the last episode, so, (coughs) excuse me. Thank you guys always for your love and your all undying support. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DBDangerous. Follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify and wherever podcasts are available. And I am out of here. Peace.